Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wassalam ala Rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala. Inshallah ta'ala we're going to move on in our study of the Ahilumuddin by Hujjat al-Islam, Imam Ghazali, the Kitab Adab Tilawat al-Qur'an, the book on the proprieties or etiquettes of recitation of the Qur'an with the intention of strengthening our relationship with this book and being in the way that we need to be, doing what we need to do, inwardly and outwardly, to be able to receive the mercy of our Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have reached the fourth inner action or inner etiquette. And this is what Imam Ghazali calls at-tadabbur, contemplation. So we begin with exaltation of the, the divine speech, the exaltation of Allah's book. And also exalting him, subhanahu wa ta'ala, the mutakallam, the one who is speaking. And then we moved on after that to hudur, which is presence of heart. The essence of which is preventing your, your inner speech from strain in thinking about other things. And then this is etiquette number four, at-tadabbur. So Imam Ghazali says, wa this is beyond presence of heart. And he's going to explain why. It's possible that someone controls their inner speech such that they don't think of or reflect upon anything else other than the Quran. But he, in and of himself, will focus on hearing the Qur'an. However, he won't reflect upon its meanings. So, Allah Ta'ala says in the Qur'an, أَفَلَا يَتَّدَبُّرُونَ Quran. Will they not reflect upon the Qur'an, contemplate the Qur'an, ponder on the Qur'an's meanings? أَمْ أَلَى قُلُوبٍ أَخْفَالَهَا Or are there locks on their hearts? So, what is he trying to say here? He's trying to say, that hudur is one thing, and hudur is about controlling your inner speech. Tadabbur is something else. Reflecting upon the meanings of the Qur'an and coming to understand them and applying them to oneself and all of the other meanings of tadabbur and tafakkur, this is something beyond that. And this is something that we have to do in addition to being present with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We have to be in a state of tadabbur. And he says, The whole purpose of recitation is to contemplate the meaning. This is why tartil is sunnah. And if you recall, we spoke about tartil previously as the first etiquette of the outward etiquettes which is reciting the Qur'an in a slow and distinct manner. Enunciating, making sure that you give each harf its haq, every letter its right, reciting with tajweed. And then of course, in addition to that, the last etiquette that Imam Ghazali mentioned outwardly was to adorn your recitation, to make it beautiful. But tartil is reciting it in a slow and distinct manner. And the purpose of doing so is for tadabbur, so that we can reflect upon Allah Ta'ala's book. 
And so again, you have people that are in one of two extremes. There are people who are excessive in one direction, and really this is remissness, where they don't learn how to recite the Qur'an properly, where they make mistakes in pronunciation and make mistakes in tajweed. And then on the other side of the spectrum, another excess, and this is in, by way of excessiveness, you find people that place more focus on the outward recitation than they should, to the point where they veil themselves from the meaning because they're so focused on how it is they're pronouncing the Qur'an and what letter is it they're reciting, so forth and so on. Yes, you have to have time outside of the time that you recite where you work on your pronunciation, where you work on your recitation. But then when you cite, try, work hard, but let it flow easily from you. And the more you practice, the more in the moment it will flow. Just as is the case with other things in our life, the more for athletes that they practice whatever sport that it is that they're playing, the easier when it's game time or when it's time for them to implement what it is they've been practicing, it flows freely from them. And so we want to spend time reflecting upon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book when we recite it. This is one of the great interacts and inner dimensions and etiquettes of recitation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's book because the whole purpose of recitation is tadabbur. And tartil reciting slowly and distinctly assists in that. He expressed the same meaning, emphasizing it in a slightly different way. Reciting the Qur'an slowly and distinctly outwardly is so that we can internally reflect upon its meanings. And you and I all know that if we're reciting very quickly, then it's hard to really reflect. But if we're reciting slowly, deliberately, and pausing where we should be pausing, taking breaths, reflecting, repeating certain verses or parts of certain verses and so forth and so on, reflecting upon the meanings of the words, when we do recite as such, it will have a strong impact upon him, upon us. And then he quotes Sayyidina Ali bin Abi Talib as saying, La khayra fi ibadatin la fiqha fiha. There is no good in an act of worship that there's no fiqh, there's no understanding in it. And in any recitation, that there is no reflection, contemplation in it. And as for the first part of the statement, what is he saying? He's pointing to the meaning that we've already spoken about, that knowledge is the imam of amal, of action. Knowledge is where we must begin. You have to have fiqh in this deen, to understand the deen, and whatever it is that you're doing, doing so based and rooted, based upon knowledge and rooted in knowledge. Because if you are doing things wrong outwardly, even if you're present inwardly, you're going to miss the mark. It's not going to truly benefit you. What we want is that balance between the outward and the inward. We don't want to go astray in either direction. We want to maintain balance, and this is the highest degree of all. And it's the hardest thing to attain about is balance. So, he says here, that لا خير في إبادة لا There's no good in worship, but there's no fiqh. And then, there's no good in qira'ah, i.e. that it's not real qira'ah, it's not real recitation, unless we are pondering the meanings deeply. وَإِذَا لَمْ يَتَّمَكَّ مَنَ التَّدَبُرِ إِلَّا فِي تَرْدِيدًا So if someone is not able to really reflect deeply, 
and contemplate what he is or she is reciting, except through tardid, repeating it over and over again. Felyuradid, then let him or her repeat it. So this is something he's encouraging us to do. And having prayed behind our teachers, this is something that they tend to do. They will recite certain verses multiple times or parts of certain verses multiple times. And this is a good thing to do. And someone who is experiencing the beauty of what it is that they're reciting won't want to just recite the portion that they've designated for themselves to recite that day and then that's it, move on. No, they will want to make sure that they're reciting everything that they're reciting in with ihsan in the best of ways when it is that they are reciting it. And so that there are times where we should repeat meanings. And if we are especially touched by or impacted by a meaning that we're reciting, repeat it and repeat that verse again and repeat or even that part of a verse again. Illa, except that, فَلْيُرَدِّدْ illa أَنْ يَكُونْ خَلْفِ imam. Unless someone is praying behind an imam. In that case, of course, you have to follow the imam. فَإِنَّهُ لَوْ بَقِيَ فِي تَدَبُّرِ آيَةٍ وَقَدْ اشْتَغَلَ الْإِمَامِ بِآيَةٍ أُخْرَى كَانَ مُسِيئًا This is actually being out of place where if you're so preoccupied with one verse when the imam has gone to the next verse that you are not thinking about the new verse that he's reciting you're thinking about the verse that came before it he said that this is not the correct way to do things we should reflect upon what the imam is reciting in the moment and yes, people have different speeds at which they recite. Sometimes it's easier for us than others. But you want to stay with the imam and do your best. He says, وَكَذَارِكَ نعم مَثْلَ مَنْ يَشْتَغِلُ بِالتَّعْجِبِ مِنْ كَلِمَةً وَاحِدًا مِمَّنْ يُنَاجِيهِ أَنْ فَهْمِ بَقِيَةِ كَلَامِ He said this is like someone when someone's speaking to them at close, up close and they say one thing. And the person is so focused upon the one thing that is that they're saying that he doesn't recognize this person. This is only part of what they're saying. And he's cut off from what he's gone on to say because he's so stuck on what that person actually is saying or that one thing that that person did say. If they want to convey some type of message, you want to mention a number of things, you have to listen to everything that is that they are saying. وَكَذَارِكَ إِذَا كَانَ فِي تَسْبِيحَ الرُّكُوعِ وَهُوْ مُتَفَكِّرٌ فِي آيَةٍ قَرَأَهَا إِمَامَهُ فَهَذَا وَسْوَاسٌ Even though contemplation itself is something noble and virtuous, it has to be done in the right way based upon knowledge. And so he gives an example here of someone who, that does what? He is praying behind an imam and that... Uh, uh, that while he's bowing and doing the tasbih, say the, the glorification of the bowing position, subhanahu rabbi al-azim, that he's thinking that about a verse that the imam recited while they were standing. Imam Uzay says, this is waswas, this is whisperings from shaitan, even though you're thinking about something that relates to the prayer, but it's past. So meaning, when you're standing with the imam, that's when you ponder that particular verse. But when you go into the bowing position, what you're supposed to reflect upon, what's supposed to come to your heart, is the meaning of that rukur, being in that position of rukur, combined with what it is that you are saying. 
So this has been narrated that this individual Amr ibn Abdi Qais He said, I have waswasa in prayer. I have whisperings from shaitan come to me in prayer. Faqil fi amr dunya And he said to him, about something that relates to this world, is it a worldly matter that is coming to your mind? Faqal he said, for me to be pierced by spears is more beloved to me than to have that be the case. This is the way the people, these people were. He would rather be pierced by spears than to have a thought about something in the world come to his mind during prayer. Look at these people's iman. Look at their amazing statements. And this is real for them. This is their hal, this is their state. And even if we can't be exactly like them, we should resemble them and to move in the direction towards being how it is that they were. And so, he says, this is more be- it would be more beloved to me to be pierced with arrows than to have that happen. But my heart becomes preoccupied with standing before my Lord on the day of judgment, and how I'm going to get out of that situation or to go away from that situation. In other words, being taken into account and so forth and what it is that he would do. And even though thinking about the Akhir in general is a good thing, but the best thing of all is while we pray, we reflect upon what it is that we are saying in, the, in doing in that particular moment. So when you're in sujood, you bring to heart the humility that you should have when you're prostrating before Allah, and you concentrate on the dhikr that it is that you are saying, Subhana Rabbil Alim, Subhana Rabbil A'la rather, Subhana Rabbil A'la, Subhana Rabbil A'la. And then if you make dua, you focus on the dua that you're saying. Naam. Imam Ghazali says. He said he considered that to be waswasa. And Imam Ghazali is saying this is the case. Because that, even though it's a lofty thing to reflect upon, it's a lofty oblique of reflection, preoccupies him from having faham, true understanding, realizing what it is that he's doing in the moment. And the likes of this righteous person, shaitan, cannot stray them away in relation to anything worldly. This person has such a fortified heart. Shaitan can only preoccupy him with a religious matter. So there are some people whose hearts are so pure, they actually get preoccupied with religious matters in order to get them to take on too much, in order to get them to do a lesser of two goods, and so forth. Now, he says, But, And thus preventing him from what is even better. And this is one of the plots of shaitan. So this was mentioned too, that the great Sayyidina Hassan al-Basri, قَالْ إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ أَنْهُ is that if you are truthful, if you're truthful, that Allah won't cause that to happen to you. In other words, the way to receiving that, and Allah knows best, this is what He's saying, is through sidq, is through truthfulness, 
turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and He will, tabarak wa ta'ala, make that your state. And then he mentions here that the Prophet himself, sallallahu alayhi is known to have repeated, radded, several, many times, 20 times, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. So he, he would say, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. وَإِنَّمَا رَدَّدَهَا لِتَدَبُّرِ صَلَى اللَّهِ عَلَيْهِ فِي مَعَانِيهَا And the Imam Zayed says that he only repeated it like that was to reflect deeply upon its meanings time and time again. So inshallah we just have a brief session today. That's what we'll take. We will finish up the second part of uh, etiquette number four looking at a few verses in the Quran that were recited regularly, bi-idhnillahi ta'ala, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq and bless us in all of our different affairs up the doors of goodness to all of us. Ya Rahman Rahmin. Blessed be people who do good and to spread good and to who revive the irth and the inheritance of our Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Give us tawfiq in all of our different affairs. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Wa alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.